You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Best of Mornings with Matt White right here on SEN. On Monday, Matty Johns joined Matty for the roundup to reveal his top eight for the 2023 NRL season. Let's do your top eight for season 2023. I've got to be honest, and I'm going to do mine later in the week. And the reason why is, Matty, I'm still, I'm still flipping and flopping as to who's going to come on in because history tells us that two, possibly three, will come in and therefore two, possibly three, will go out. And that's where I'm landing. I've got a concern and I played this out with my listeners last week about the Melbourne Storm. There's something mm-hmm. in my gut feeling about the Melbourne Storm that they're perhaps one injury, one more injury away from doing what they've never done, which is, you know, lose a couple of players and, and their fortunes change. I mean, their history says that we can overcome that. So that, that's probably my biggest question about the top eight. Let's rumble through yours. Right up. Uh, just firstly, I'll say the same thing. There are concerns in and around Melbourne just on you to lose that many quality forwards. Lose that layer of depth and that layer of experience has got to tell. The Pappenhausen situation has me really worried. Yeah. Um, I don't think he'll be back to at least two thirds of the way through the season. We're led to believe possibly. Man, that makes it hard. Uh, if they lose Jerome, Harry Grant, or Munster, they're in trouble. So my eight has been, well, the back-to-back uh, champions going for the three in a row, Penrith. I've got the Roosters. I have uh, South Sydney. Uh, then I've got Cronulla fourth. I, I, I just love the way what I've seen around Cronulla in the trial games. And they're hard-nosed and disciplined enough to be a top-four side, I think, through the season. Well, they're consistent enough, I'd say. Is there an over-reliance on Nico? Uh, probably slightly. But I still think they can get the job done. They're a blue collar, good blue collar side. Melbourne Storm five, six. I've gone North Queensland seven. Manly eight. Parramatta. So Manly come in at the expense of the Raiders for you. If you tell me Travojevic and DCE play nineteen games plus, then yes, Manly. All right. So Raiders the ones to go out, and the biggest jumpers for you then in your top eight will be South Sydney. Finished seventh last year, and you've got them inside the top four. Reasons yep. behind that? Uh, just what I spoke about before. I, I just You can see that they've worked very, very hard in the off-season. Damien Cook didn't go away on the uh, on the World Cup tour. I think that'll be good that he, he rested up. They engaged him a lot more. Cam Murray looked fantastic. I thought the pack looked good, and Cody and Latrell speak for themselves. And so I, I, if they again, if they can, if they can just be, uh, if they can just tighten their defence a little bit, I, I think they, they're, I think they can, I think they can win it. So Parramatta make the grand final last year. Mm-hmm. They finished uh, in the top four. You've taken them and the Cowboys out of the top four and put them towards the back end of the mm-hmm. top eight. What's the reasoning behind that? Uh, just gut feel. Just gut feel, I, and you know, loss like lost some like the Sean Lane injury. 
Uh, Isaiah Papali'i is a, is a big loss. Reed Marnie is a huge loss. Um, and I tell you what, you know, um, Ryan Madison's you know, he's he's waiving of the fine to take a three uh, to take a three week take the three week suspension. Isn't that biting the eels at the moment? Yeah. With their with their lack of depth and injuries. Yeah, they're, they're the things, Maddie. I think Marnie's a, a, a really big loss, and I just see other sides just improving. Um, there's not going to be a lot in the top eight. It'll be, you know, it'll be it'll be cl- close wins or losses that'll separate third and fourth from sixth and seventh. There's no doubt about that. But I, j- I just like other sides, it's, you know. And you, sometimes you go into a when you when you've wasted just about your whole life on rugby league. Sometimes you just get a gut feel and you go with it. Yep. So you got the Raiders dipping out of the eight. There's a mm-hmm. fair argument, and you, and you've made this argument. In fact, last week you were, you were hovering around the Broncos. Um, yep. pushing to be in the top eight. The Dragons, who finished 10th last year, we, we've got them um, finishing further down. Manly, you've already lifted up and elevated into the eight. The Bulldogs are, are probably got an asterisk next next to yeah. them. They could well and truly push it. So did you find – what were the what were the compelling arguments to say, okay, maybe not Broncos this year, maybe not Bulldogs this year? Uh, Bulldogs because they're on the climb. Uh, they're, 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 they're piecing together. I said the other day that it would not surprise me if the Bulldogs would grab a comp in, within five years. That's how quickly Gus can a, assemble a roster. Continues to get quality players in the hunt for other quality players. Probably just they just they've got to find a really quality playmaker, another quality playmaker in there. They're on the climb. The other side, the Broncos. I just trust other sides more than the Broncos. Broncos are capable of great things, but you know their form suggests that when they hit a tough period, they don't come out of it. Let me let me throw this one at you. So your top eight: Panthers, Roosters, Souths, Sharks, the Storm, Cowboys, Manly, and Parramatta. We saw last year, Maddie, with Manly, one effectively one thing ruined their season at the back end. They lost seven straight, and it all came off the back of that pride round. There was other stuff clearly going on, but but one big-ticket item derailed their season. Is there a team in the top eight that you've just named that is in danger of having that happen to them? If one thing goes bad, that they could be derailed, or do you see that resilience in that top eight that you've named? Well, I, I see nothing on the horizon. I mean, that can all change within, within an hour, yeah. Matty. You, you, but... I see with those sides, I don't see anything on the horizon that's going to really disrupt things. You know, the Mitchell Moses contract situation has just about all been done. Just a few things to fix up. No, I, like um, just thinking of the Sharks, they're very happy group, great coach. Yeah, I, I think I think they're all pretty solid. I, more more to the point, Maddie. It's like we've spoken about with the Melbourne Storm there. Is just their their most important players. How vital they are um, to to Melbourne because Melbourne. I think in Craig Bellamy's whole tenure at Melbourne, this is probably the skinniest roster he has had during losing all those experienced players. So out of all the other teams, you got the Panthers sitting on the top and they're going for mm-hmm. three wins in a row. And and obviously, you know that's that's a level that's, that's a level of greatness in this game it, in this in this yeah. modern era. So fatigue all, is the worry around them. Okay. Like, Fatigue, not talent. They've lost some good talent, but it's fatigue. So that's you the worry. Yeah, that's, that's the worry it. from within. What's the uh, target that, area from outside? If you're a, if you're a Roosters, you're a Souths, you're a Sharks. What's your target area to try and stop the Panthers? Um, I th- look, 
I think they'll go in just saying, as you know, being as good as we can be. If you're coming up against the Panthers, what St Helens showed is that if you if you can control the the middle field, then it makes things incredibly difficult on guys like Jerome and, and Nathan and whatnot. Uh, the big out in that game uh, against St Helens was Dylan uh, Dylan Edwards. He was uh, Clive Churchill medalist, and yeah. he's one of the best yardage men. But like I said before, fatigue is the biggest thing for when tides are going to go back to back or back to back to back. It gets harder and harder and harder. And you know, I cite some of those sides that went back to back in the nineties. But you watch it, you watch their third campaign, and at the back end of the year, they just hit the wall, you know, either physically or mentally. Yeah, and when you're the hunted, it's a very different scenario, isn't it? When you're that, as you point out, when you're the hunted three times over now. I mean, they're going into uncharted territory. They're a young group. They've got everything in place. We know all that. But this is uncharted territory for them. Uh, Interesting top eight. So just the one team will come in, according to Matty, and that will be the Manly Seagulls under Anthony Seabolk. Random question before we take a quick break. All three forwards are off contract at the end of this year. If you had to sign one, who would it be between Spencer Lenu, Nelson Asifa Solomona, or David Fafita? (laughs) They've all got their attractions. For the now, I would uh, Nelson. For the future, Spencer on talent for feeder. So take your pick. <laughs> I, I'd say for the now, I would say uh, Nelson. Um, there's some good signs around for feeder. Yeah. Um, I would be if I was Justin Holbrook. I'd be spending throughout the season at times. I'd be switching to the left and putting him alongside Kieran Four. And I think Kieran can really teach him how to play scientific football. And Titans hooker Sam Verrills joined Matty to speak about his new club and ambitions for the season. More rugby league now. As I mentioned earlier, Sam Verrills will start his career as a Gold Coast Titan this weekend against the West Tigers. So they've got the Tigers on Sunday uh, evening, six fifteen. Start at Leichhardt Oval in Sydney. After four years at the Roosters, he now finds himself on the Gold Coast. And I'm pleased to say that Sam Verrills is on the line. Good morning, Sam. Morning, mate. How are you? Good, thanks. It's getting close. Uh, How's it feel being a Gold Coast Titan after all those years at the Roosters? Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, Obviously, I'll get my Titan number this weekend. And uh, it's something I'm really looking forward to. And uh, it's been a pretty pretty tough pre-season. And... Uh, we can finally put it all together this weekend. And, yeah, I'm really looking forward to playing and representing this club. What's been the toughest part for you of the preseason? You've done a few leading into this. You know, rookie in this space. Yeah, obviously, um, you know, making the move up north is probably the heat, to be honest. And, you know, a different training regime up here with Cam Ferguson. And, uh, you know, it's been, you know, I think this is my fifth preseason now. And, you know, this is probably up there as one of the hardest I've done, to be honest. And, um, yeah, just the way he's trained us and made us prepare for this Sunday, it's um, it's really rewarding because I know I've got the reps in and uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to Barkhart Oval on Sunday. And it's a different kind of heat, isn't it, Sam? It's a muggy heat up there. So where do you reckon you're at fitness-wise as opposed to other seasons? Yeah, I think, you know, as I just mentioned, Cam Ferguson's come up here and he was down at Manly a few years ago when they had their really good run in 2021 and, um, you know, he's absolutely flogged us in a good way and um yeah it's it's really muggy up here we train out at parkwood so the heat definitely stays in there and um there's no shade at training so uh it's been it's been challenging but look it's we're really ready to go and you know i can't wait to get our combination in with our spine and you know play with the forward pack that we got up here 
Yeah, I want to ask you about the spine in just a sec, but you mentioned Cam and obviously the impact that he's having in the preseason. What about Justin Holbrook? Again, a completely different scenario for you. How's he been as the head coach? And what have you noticed major differences between him and, say, Robbo? Yeah, I think um, I think Coach is a little bit more quieter than Robbo and Robbo's a little bit more vocal in the words at training and Justin just kind of is a laid-back approach and uh, he talks individually really well and uh, what he wants in our game and, um, you know, he's a great coach and he was a big reason why I came up here and I had a chat with him last year and, um, yeah, he's just a more laid-back guy and uh, he's approached rugby leagues a bit different than Robbo and the way that Robbo likes it, but um, you know, he's very enjoyable up here and uh, the boys love playing under him and, uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Did it make it somewhat easier for you with your deal? I mean, we're talking about players signing a year out and all that kind of stuff and perhaps changes to those windows. You signed with the Titans back in August of 2022 because you knew Brandon Smith was coming, so you knew that you had to move on. Did that make it easier for you to, to up and out? Yeah, I think, um, you know, obviously footy works the way it does with the um, signing out a year and with Brandon signing year out, I kind of knew my, you know, writing was on the wall there and uh, I knew I had to just have a good season with the Roosters and, you know, put my first foot forward for any club and, you know, times came knocking and as soon as times came knocking, I pretty much told my manager that I really wanted to come up here and, you know, really play for this club and, you know, I looked at the team they've got here and, um, you know, I can really see myself playing some good footy and, uh, and you know, I did show in the trial, you know, it was only a trial, but I think we all worked really well and um, it just makes you really looking forward to round one and uh, hopefully it's a sellout down at Leichhardt and we put in a good performance. You're locked in for the next two years. If they do change the way that players sign, Sam, how do you reckon that plays out? They're, they're talking about going back to June 30 and essentially you've got to play 17 rounds with your team before you can think about next season. Do you reckon players have enough time to relocate or is that one of the biggest issues or does everything else come into play? Oh, look, I think I used to set a sign in August. So, yeah. you know, it doesn't really, you've got plenty of time to move, but whatever way the NRL wants to do it is, is fine by me. But, you know, obviously it is, it is good for a player, you know, being able to sign a year out, to be honest, but, um, if they do want to change it, I guess that's for the best interest of the clubs and all that. So that's fine. But, you know, I think you get half a year to move is, is pretty fine. I thought it was pretty sweet, to be honest. Talk to me about your spine then. You've got AJ in the car with you. Kieran Foran's now there at the Gold Coast Titans as well. So important, the spine. How's it all coming together? Yeah, I've got AJ in the car and, you know, he was fashionably late this morning picking <laughs> me up. So um, that's on him. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's been really enjoyable. We've really connected well up here, um, you know, off the field as well. You know, we've been catching up a lot and um, it just shows in the trial that we had. And, uh, you know, we've really put in the reps in pre-season and, um, we've sat down a lot, talked about the way we want to play, and um, yeah, it's a really, it's a really good spine. It's a young spine, and then we have got the the head of Foz there that just controls everything. So, you know, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, be able to finally play, you know, officially our first game together. It's uh, really exciting. And you're getting a first-hand look at one David Fafita. How's that been? Yeah, David's a he's a beast of a footy <laughs> player, and he's a he's a funny guy too as well when you get to know him and. Uh, yeah, he's just, uh, he's a funny dude off the field and, you know, he's really looking fit and he's something I've really been, you know, when I came up here, I really wanted to see how he trained and how he got into it and he's changed his whole, you know, diet this year and um, he's really put in the reps in pre-season and um, it just showed the trials he had and, you know, how fit he is and 
um, you know, it's a damaging team when David's fit. So, um, look, I'm really looking forward to playing with him, and he was a big reason I came up here. Couple of quick ones before you got to go. What's life like on the Gold Coast? What's been the major difference away from footy for you? Um, oh, look, I grew up on the Northern Beaches, so you know it's a pretty similar lifestyle up here with the beaches right there, and um, you know, obviously coming up here, spoke to AJ a lot. We mean him been hanging out heaps, and you know, it's just uh, it's a little bit more relaxing than Sydney with you know just everything going on, the hustle and bustle. But I think just yeah, just relaxing up here and taking my away time with footy with, you know, my mates up here now and uh, playing a bit of golf and all that stuff. So just doing all that stuff. I'm playing golf terribly though, by the way. So. <laughs> At least you're playing. But, that's that's the best part. Yeah, exactly. And, and your, your ex-teammates, have has, has the text messages, the WhatsApps been flying around from some of the Roosters boys? Yeah, obviously, you know, I've, I've stuck in contact with most of them. You know, they were best, my best mates down there for a long time and, um, you know, it is, you know, always hard when you like leave who we see every day. And, um, yeah, winning a comp down there as well, you know, you, you form a really good relationship with them. And, you know, there definitely has been a little bit of uh, talking back and forth. And I'm sure it will start ramping up now the season started. So uh, looking forward to it. And just finally, are you confident you guys can play finals footy this year? Uh, definitely confident, you know. Um, I would definitely wouldn't have moved up here unless... I had the opportunity to play finals. That's what you do as a player. And, um, you know, I think consistency is our, our biggest key. And, you know, if we can start fresh this week and start fast and, you know, come off, come away with a win, it's only going to make our season, you know, really good. So just looking forward to the year, being consistent. And I think we'll be there in the finals. Good on you, Sam. Appreciate your time this morning. Best of luck for the season ahead. Thanks to AJ for driving you safely and good luck against the Tigers. Yeah. Thank you. I wouldn't say you're driving safely, but thank you. <laughs> New West Tigers captain Appy Corosau on if the club can break its finals drought. West Tigers start their campaign against the Gold Coast Titans this Sunday at Leichhardt Oval. It's a new era at the Tigers and leading the charge, this man, Appy Corosau, joins us. Good morning, Appy. Hey, mate. How you going? I'm good. How does that feel? New era and you're the man leading the charge. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's... um... So I guess it's pretty cool to hear, but um, yeah, I think I'm more excited about the season than anything. Especially with your experience, where do nerves fit in with this new leadership role? You're the captain of the club now. It's it's all brand new. So do you have any nerves going into round one in the season ahead? Yeah, I guess um, more than nerves are just because it's a new club. Um, you know, I really want to put my best foot forward for the lads and um, yeah, that's pretty much where most of the nerves come from. Other than that, um, yeah, it's probably just business as usual, you know. You, you're playing footy, there's another footy field with another team. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. Have you tried to focus on on anything different in the preseason? Yeah, um, I guess, like, every time you start with a new club, it's pretty much just all about combinations, um, trying to fit into the game plan. You know, the coach has a certain vision and, you know, just trying to get as much done for him as possible. So, um, yeah, that's probably, that's probably the biggest focus, you know, coming here and starting this season. Well, let's talk about the coach or the coaches because Tim Sheen's now in control. Of course, you've spent the last three years under the watch of Ivan Cleary in that setup at the Panthers. But how much of a change, Appy, has that been personally for you to get to adjust to Tim, to Benji and to Robbie as well? Yeah, look, it's... Um, it's always something different, you know. Um, everyone has a different personality and there's so many different kinds of coaching and, and coaching ideas and 
Um, yeah, it hasn't taken me too much to get used to. Yeah, I've, I've understood how Tim's played in the past, and you know, just judging by the way he coached back in 2005, 2000, I think it was 11 or whenever he finished up. It's yeah, it's it's one of those things where you just get used to pretty quickly. You're in and around the place, and you're learning off him all the time. So yeah, you just adjust and. Um, obviously, they've got different coaching styles to what I've been used to, but um, I'm actually quite enjoying this one. You've come from a place, Happy, that has just um, been the benchmark, as you well know, for the last, well, the last three years in particular and, and back-to-back premierships off it. You know you've only lost seven games in the NRL in the last three years. So when you turned up at the West Tigers, did you get a sense that people are looking at you going, how do we, what do we take out of Appy? What do we learn from him being around such a big winning culture. Yeah, <laughs> even when you say that, that it doesn't really sound <laughs> real. Um, yeah, look, the last three years has been um, incredible uh, with the Panthers, and like you said, you know, it was, it was the benchmark of the competition. And um, you know, when I when I got here, it was it was, um, it was pretty good to be honest. I, I didn't feel like I was under any pressure or whatnot to to be the leader or anything like that, you know. The the guys here were in a good good place and I think um the new coaching staff, the new change, a few new players, I think everyone just sort of got a lift out of that and um yeah, just just the way it's been so far it's been hard to tell if, if they're actually looking at me like that. So uh, I'm quite enjoying this. Um it's been just like coming into another place and, you know, having all your friends here. Is there one particular thing though that you could look if you reflected on your time at Penrith in particular that you could look at um, the, the winning culture and what you derive from that. So is there one thing that personally you have grown um, within from that experience and been able to take into the next phase of your career? Yeah, yeah. I think um, one of the biggest learning because I've had while at Penrith was understanding that the, the process is more important than the win. Um, you know, focusing on, on the end result is usually going to, you know, cost you in the game because then you're not present. So... Um, if anything, that's probably the biggest thing I'm trying to, you know, bring here. It doesn't matter about winning or losing. What matters is, you know, winning each moment on the field um, and understanding that that's going to help you the most in getting the results at the end of the day. Then there's the noise, Appy. You've been around rugby league long enough to know that there's there's always noise at a club, and this is very different noise that you're coming oh. into because the West Tigers are always in the headlines, and for very different reasons to where you've been. How have you put that into perspective of what's ahead of you? Yeah, look, I think um, some of those headlines have been my, my fault as well. But um, at the end of the day, you know, every club has got their, their headlines. Um, and it's really all about understanding that winning footy games is going to solve everything. You know what I mean? Um, it doesn't matter, you know, what's really happening. As long as we're, we're doing our job on the field and making sure that we're playing our best and putting our best foot forward, um, you know, that's going to solve a lot of the problems and a lot of the headlines. So, um, yeah, I think the boys are up for the task too. How different is the Appy Chorus? Now, this is your 10th year in the NRL, so you're now 30. How different is the Appy, the player at 30 years of age, versus the, the 20-year-old, essentially, that stepped in with your first season at the Bunnies? Thanks, mate. Making me sound old now. <laughs> um, no, it's, um, yeah, look, to be honest, it's chalk and cheese. You know, when you're that young or when I was that young, you know, I was really happy just to be around um, the NRL boys, Um Thinking that you know I'd made it just because I played an NRL game, and um, to to come to a point where I am now, where everything is about getting better, everything's about you know trying to win footy games, and how do we do that? Uh, understanding tactics and strategies. Um, yeah, to be honest, it, it you wouldn't even recognise me as, as a 20 year old. 
You're the leader. You're also the man in the middle. Have you formed a little spine club with Dane at the back, Adam Dwayne and Luke Brooks around the halves? And you know the importance of that combination. So what have you done in the preseason to try and build that camaraderie between you and those three players in particular? Yeah, um, look, Brooks is Brooks is very open. Um, you know, he was he was very inviting straight away as soon as I got here. Um, Adam, I had to work on a little bit. It was funny. Um, he was more just sort of coming back from a you know big injury, and he was trying to work his way in. So yeah, I made some uh, little jokes that <laughs> started between me and him, which is good. Um, that's really good that camaraderie. And then obviously, don't know I play with that Penrith. So um, yeah, look, we've been working pretty hard this preseason. Uh, the boys are working really hard and. Um, yeah, I think it's all just going to come down to how well we can pull it off on the field, which I'm pretty confident about. And you take on some of the other new signings at the club. David Clemmer's arrived. Isaiah Papali'i's there. John Bateman's now there. Won't be there for round one. But you've got some some very good names coming into the club. So you take on the other signings? Yeah, mate. Oh, look, it's um, they're incredible. You know, every everyone's come here and they've played a role in how this preseason's gone and just the professionalism of these lads that have come in. Ice and Clemmer, you know, really leading from the front. You know, Johnny's just come in, but you can already tell he's a really good guy and obviously he's a great player. So I think um, everyone's going to add a little something to this team and, uh, you know, get us to where we need to go this year. And then outside of all of that, Appy, there's the fans, the West Tigers fans. So you, you had to come off the bank back fence to try and win their support back. <laughs> <laughs> Are you ready to rumble? Are you ready to cop it in both directions when you get out there at Leichhardt on Sunday? Obviously, they're going to be in your corner now. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. No, definitely, mate. Um, you know, it's been a long time for these fans to be able to cheer about something. So, um, look, we're all pretty confident about this year. But at the end of the day, yeah, like you said, I'm probably run out there and uh, cop spray then and cheers. So we'll see how that goes this weekend. Is finals footy a realistic expectation of the Tigers in 2023? Oh, yeah, definitely, mate. Um, speaking about how belief works, you know, you gotta you got to build that. So um, at the end of the day, finals footy is, is in September and right now we're only in February, so... Oh, even March. Are we in March? Yeah, yeah that's a good, I should probably know that. Yeah, almost. We're almost. Mate, it's the last day of February. So all you got to worry about, you don't yeah, have to yeah. worry about the dates, just worry about the days. And the day is Sunday <laughs> afternoon. Good on you, Happy. Thanks for your time. All the best for the season ahead. A, a massive challenge and a very different direction in your career. Um, we wish you all the best. Thank you so much, Matt. Cheers. Thanks for having me. Plus, SEN League commentator Brett Noddy Kamali joined Maddie for the final word to preview round one of the NRL season. Yeah, 6 o'clock for our Queensland listeners. Vanessa, thank you very much. So Parramatta v Melbourne to kick off season 2023. Joel Kane, uh, Mark Spud, Carroll, and the one and only Brett Kamali will be out of Combank for the call of this one right here on SEN. And Noddy's going to join us every Thursday morning to pick our way through uh, the round ahead. Good morning to you, Noddy. Good morning, Matty. How are you, buddy? Good, thanks. Good to catch up with you and, and get your thoughts on round one and the season ahead. Can I start with this? Because I posed it to my listeners, so I'm going to pose it to you. When you look across round one, I see some tight games. So who do you reckon in round one has the win by the biggest margin? Has anyone jumped to mind? No, no. I think the competition this year is the closest competition we've had for a long, long time. Um, the three or four top sides of the last few years lost two or three or four of the better players or higher players to middle tier or bottom tier. So good luck in the tipping competition this year. Um, <laughs> I think it's going to be so inconsistent and I don't believe there'll be a team that finishes way out in front 
um, like we've seen with probably Penrith have done the last few years and some and potentially Melbourne or or the Roosters or South in some regards earlier earlier from them. How did you approach round one? How did you how did you get into the mindset when you were playing um, for the first game of the season? Uh, my mindset, I think, was always you know you worked really hard in the off season. You're ready to go. The simpler you keep round one, the better you're going to be. I think the high completion rate, the field position, you're going to be a bit clunky. You're not going to be at your full groove. You're not. You have no match fitness. So I think it's very very important that you don't try and think you're going to put all your set moves on and all your big structure. So um, that's sort of what I thought about it from a structural point of view. The one thing I also thought about when I was a player and probably still think of it now as now I'm on the other side of the fence in some regards commentating or a little bit of coaching is that round one gives you belief that everything you've worked on over summer is correct. Because I've lost a few times, I remember really badly in round ones or round twos, and then they start changing what you're trying to do. And then you're like, well, what have we just done the last three months? Like, do we not believe in that now? So I think it puts a bit of uncertainty into your team or your structure, or it gives you full clarity of going, yeah, we're on the right page. Yep, these players are going to be good. Um, and especially for the clubs who have got new players, they're going to go, yeah, we're going to be okay on, on the recruitment decisions we've made. And then I think about the Eels tonight, Noddy, and we heard from Clint Gutherson earlier who, who kind of referenced the fact that 2022 is behind us. But when you go that close, do they have a different, different mindset into round one? Do they want to make a statement and truly put a grand final loss behind them in the first week? Well, the opposition they're playing, I don't think it's lost around one for 17 years or something, if yeah. that's correct. But uh, they've got a pretty good record, that Melbourne Storm Club, for round one. Um, and, and obviously, they will be well prepared and ready for it. The one thing I will say about Parramatta is, yes, they say you've got to lose one to win one. Um, and they've been building for a number of years to get there. But when you lose, potentially, Reid Marnie, Papa Lee, Kafusi, and now you've lost... Um, you know, Bailey Simonson, one of your wings. It's not the same team or it's not a better team on losing last year's grand final. I don't think this team's as strong as last year's team. So all of a sudden they've come back two or three pegs because they've lost players. And then was that their premiership window last year? Did they build three or four years to get there and weren't able to achieve it? And what happens is you lose key players. Now you restart again. We'll also be calling uh, tomorrow night the Warriors v Knights. And it's hard to get a read on these two teams as well. But when you look at the Newcastle Knights, there's going to be so much focus, Noddy, on on Caelan Ponger at number six, obviously captain, and now Jackson Hastings next to him at number seven. How different do you reckon the Newcastle Knights in particular will look in 2023? Well, they've got a genuine number seven. I'm a huge Jackson Hastings fan. I thought he was terrific for the West Tigers. I got some time with him the end of last year, and um, genuine rugby league fanatic. Um, loves the game, understands the game. Plays the tradi- I think he's a traditional number seven, um, you know, and, and can steer you around. Kicking game will be good. Kalen Ponga there just gets to relax and play what Kalen Ponga wants to play um, rather than actually having the manager side. So if you've got a freak or a, a running six, which is Kalen Ponga, then you need a gen- genuine number seven game manager. So I think the balance of the halves at Newcastle is the best it's been for probably 10 years. I think that's a really, really good combination. Um, most time when sides have had successful campaigns, it starts with a, like at 1, 6, 7, 9 and 13. Um, so obviously they, they've gone there, they've recruited Lockie Miller out of the Sharks. 
Um, he's going to play fullback for him. He's he's quick. Um, there, there's plenty of rumblings coming out of Newcastle, though. There's plenty of rumblings coming out of the Dragons, isn't there? There's little bit of news and, and stuff that's happened over summer. So both these clubs, well, both these clubs, not these clubs, but in the Dragons, but the Knights would want to start really well because the footsteps or the drums might be beating it with a bad performance for the first round. When we think about differences, too, going into round one, I'll skip ahead to Saturday afternoon, and I think Manly v Bulldogs, a lot of hype around the Seagulls after the preseason, and obviously a huge change in the coaching front and the assistant coaches, all that stuff. But when you look at their team going into this one, there aren't too many changes from 2022 through to 2023. Obviously, Cooper Johns will start at 5'8", no Kieran Foran. Plenty of changes also behind the scenes at the Bulldogs. But when you look at their team, there are some very, very key changes. And in particular, you look at Reed Marnie and Viliame Kikau. So uh, how do you think 2023 sits for both the Seagulls and the Bulldogs? Because we'll get a pretty good bird's eye view of them on Saturday afternoon. Yeah, we will. I think it'll be exciting for both clubs. Both fan bases would probably be really excited leading into the competition. Um, different reasons, obviously, change of direction at Manly. Um, they'll be waiting to see when Tom is available and Tom, when Tom back, because obviously that has a huge, um, huge understanding of him. And, and Tom does Tom play every week for 25 weeks? Because if Tom plays 25 rounds, Manly are going to be a top eight side. If Tom doesn't play 25 rounds, then it puts a lot of pressure back on, as you said, DCE to be the main star uh, and just work on the forward pack. So hopefully, Tommy's. You know, that hamstring is terrific. He's obviously you know, he's had a big campaign over summer. Um, I know he was a bit unhappy potentially when the coach changed, but obviously Mr. Seabold would have calmed him down and said, mate, you're a big part of this club. So Tom goes good there. There's plenty of excitement. If you're a Canterbury fan, um, top eight is in their grass. Um, their fault was, as you said, Reed Barney is terrific. He was on the fringe of playing for Queensland. Kickout's just a strike left-edge back rower who's big, strong and a freak. Um, so that'll be good. Burton's a quality player. Um, you know, Ryan Sutton, I think, is also a really strong forward for him. Um, so I think he's that each week tough middle forward. So they'll go, well, um, I, I'm not sure whether they'll make the eight both these sides, but I think they'll be in and around that position six to position 10 type of combinations as, as there's not many key injuries to them. And for Canterbury, who have been rebuilt enormously from a couple of spoons, you go from 16th to normally finish about... 8th to 10th, and then you try and go from 8th to 10th to 5th to 8th, and then in, within three to four years, you've got to be competing for the flag. So that's probably where they're heading with the new coach in Cameron Toronto. And, um, you know, we know they've bought Crichton already for next year, and I suppose keep listening to who are the other targets they go on a poach through. You know, we're here for you. So they've got plenty of money on their cap for 2024, and they'll spend wisely. Yeah, yeah, there's more to come in that uh, department. Before I get your tips, just a, a final word overall on your general, your genuine expectations of the Dolphins. New team coming to the Premiership. They've got the Roosters first up, so it's going to be difficult. But your expectations this season of the Dolphins, mate? Uh, they'll be competitive. You know, Wayne Bennett's a super coach. He's been around for a long, long time. Doesn't have a star-started roster like in the past at the Broncos when they first started. Um, and the success he had at the Dragons. But they'll be competitive. They've got probably a lack of depth, which will make it hard for them if they get some injuries. I would think the Dolphins will aim to be successful and be really competitive in two to three years for a top eight side. So, you know, if you talk about who could have the biggest win for round one, I 
you look at that and you go, potentially, um, you know, potentially the Roosters could have the biggest win, but I expect them to go and be competitive with Dolphins. I just don't know how many games they win this year. All right, let's go through them. Tell me who wins uh, for round one tonight. Eels v Storm. Storm. Storm, continue the winning streak. Uh, Tomorrow night, over there in Wellington, Warriors v Knights. Yeah, I think the Warriors will get off the good start. They actually look really fit in their trial form, um, and a new coach has come out of the Penrith system, so that's got to be a couple of positives. positives. Panthers against the Broncos? Yeah, I think Penrith Penrith will win that one. Um, Yeah, I think... That might be the score. That might be the game that has the biggest scoreline in it with the points victory. Yeah, could be. Could be. Saturday afternoon, Seagulls, Bulldogs. Yeah, I think Manly win that one. Um, and I think they win in a close one. I think that could, that has the potential to go to Golden Point. Well, let's see. Uh, Saturday, 5.30, Cowboys v Raiders in Townsville. Yeah, well, the Raiders' form in the trials, I can't say, added any bit of excitement to me if I was a Canberra fan. So I think the Cowboys win, and uh, I'd imagine it'll be pretty hot up there in, in, in Townsville for the Canberra Raiders' week one of the competition. Hardest one, well, it could have been the hardest one to pick, but with no Nico Hines, I think you've got to go the Rabbitohs against the Sharks. Yeah, I think so, yeah. As you said, Nico Hines plays, you probably go Cronulla at home. Um, no, Nico Hines, uh, South Sydney get off to a good start. South were great in the Charity Shield as well. Yeah, and you've got the Roosters to beat the Dolphins. So what happens with the Tigers and the yeah. Titans, Noddy? Leichhardt on Sunday night. Oh, the eighth wonder of the world, the full house there at the West Tigers. Drums will be beating and, um, yeah, I think, you know, Coruscant will be, um, will be leading the West Tigers out and they'll get a victory. Thanks for listening to another edition of The Best of Mornings with Matt White. He'll be back Monday morning from 9am for The Roundup with Matty Johns.